create that division. Why? Because it's a trial. Because it's a tribulation. And let's just face it, as much as there are people out there who thrive off of conflict, most of us don't really want conflict in our life. We don't. We want things to be at peace and we want things to be well. We want to get along with each other. We want our families especially and those who are close. We want to have all of that. But this is what the gospel does. The true gospel, it causes it. And we can see it, can't we? We can see it coming down the road. You know that too. You ever have things in your, in your house and in your family and you're like, oh man, this is going to be a problem, right? You ever have those things happen? You know what I mean? I... My kids are doing stuff all the time, and I'm like, we better fix this quick because this is going to be a problem if mom sees it, right? You know, we can't let mom see this. This is going to be a problem because we can see it coming down the road, and so we're going to try to straddle and fix it. But the gospel, there is no way of avoiding it. You are going to offend someone with the true, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. I didn't even want to use this example, but I'm going to use it. We went to the Franklin Graham event just a few weeks ago. He stood up and without shame preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, he named sin. If you were there, you heard it. He named sin. And when I went to the tent at the end, there was somebody down there handing their prayer cards back in. And he said, I don't think he should have talked about that here. And the lady behind the thing said, if the Lord put that sin on his heart to preach about it, there was a reason. And I said, amen goes right there. Because the gospel is going to offend people, okay? It's going to divide. And if we keep avoiding it, and if we try to make it fit everybody, and if we try to make sure it's going to make everybody comfortable, then we are not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you think that, that your whole family's just going to love you when you get saved and everything's going to be better, I'm sorry, it does not work that way. And if you avoid that trial and avoid that tribulation, there's no growth in your life and you've compromised the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it will be a powerless gospel that you live in your life. It won't have meaning or purpose and it'll be just as empty and you will be that first seed that was planted that sprung up quickly but then died away because it didn't have any root. It wasn't real. Are you going to face that trial this morning and say, you know what? I understand that the gospel divides, but I am going to side with Christ. I'm going to side with Christ. Paul knew it. Paul knew it. Every time Paul opened his mouth, Every town he went to, we see it's like the same M.O. through the book of Acts. Paul goes in the synagogue, Paul preaches, half the people get mad at him, right? So maybe if half the people aren't getting mad at you, maybe you're really not preaching, right? I mean, maybe not. But anyway, he goes and he preaches and he divides. It divides. The gospel does that. Don't avoid that trial in your life. It's real. Number two, man, I got to keep going. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Okay, thank you. That was a good hearty amen. That gave me another 20, 30 minutes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Number two, what an interesting passage of scripture this is. Paul and Barnabas go to the next town. They preach the word of God. We see this in verse number 12. 
or four, in chapter 14, verse number 12, yeah. And as they go in and they heal this man, okay? Wait a minute. God heals the man, right? And Paul and Barnabas are the instruments. In verse number 12, it says, And they called Barnabas Jupiter. Wow. And Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. What is this? Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands under the gates and would have done sacrifices with the people. Which when the apostles, Barnab- which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they rent their clothes and ran in among them, saying, crying out. But notice this. Immediately, when they see the power that they have, right, they come in and they put this praise and this accolades on Paul and Barnabas. One of the most amazing things throughout the book of Acts, and that is so true about all of the apostles, is their ability to stay humble with the power that God gave them, right? Just think about these men. The Bible says that Peter could walk through a street, and if his shadow fell on people, they were healed of their ailments. I mean, come on. That kind of stuff's going to go to most of our heads, right? Most of us preachers, we preach a good sermon, and I mean, we think we're it, you know? We think, you know, we're God's gift to every church, and everybody needs to hear me preach. Hey, listen, preachers are weird folks. We got to get over ourselves oftentimes. I got I to do that to myself all the time. I need to, I need to hear preaching and not think I need to be the one talking all the time, Right? We need to be hit on that rung every once in a while. And here I see these men, and they didn't let these things. And here's the thing that I want to, this is number two on here, that is a trial or it's like a, 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 a something we have to overcome. When false accolades or improper praise or promotion comes to us, we think it's a blessing oftentimes, but it's actually a trial because we involve ourselves in self-promotion. Paul and Barnabas would not let it go for one second. As a matter of fact, as soon as they heard that they were going to do this, they didn't just go, guys, guys, no, no, no. No, you can't do that. They didn't play the false humility thing, you know. Oh, we didn't really do anything. Don't kill any cows for us or oxen. You know, you can just give us a nice feast later. That'll be good. They didn't play the false humility. The Bible says they rent their clothes and said, what do you think you're doing? Do you not understand that all praise, honor has to go to the Heavenly Father? We would not dare take any of this praise for ourselves. We understand how important it is that it goes to the right place. But we sometimes get caught up in this, that we think this, and we use, now listen, we use religion or our Christianity as an ego boost for ourselves. Hmm. You're thinking about it, aren't you? See, inside of the church, and I'm just going to do some plain preaching this morning, inside of the church, people are really nice because they're Christians, okay? They got to be nice to you, okay? That was kind of a joke. I hope you were going to get that. But all joking aside, the world is cruel. The world is cutthroat. There's very little promotion Unless you claw and fight for it, there's very little accolade or praise. And it's very difficult 
out there in the world to get praise or to be lifted up or, or any of those things. But inside of the church, there's lots of that, isn't there? We're encouraging. We're lifting each other up. We're trying to be a blessing to each other. And there's lots of people that that's what they're feeding off of. They're not feeding off the Word of God. They like it because people are telling them, wow, you look really nice today. And they have to because we're at church. Again, it was a joke. They're just not landing. I know how you feel, Harry. All right. And I say that, though, with a little bit of jest because of how hard that can be a pill to swallow. Why is it that you're coming to church week after week? Is it so someone will tell you how good you're doing? Why is it that you sing in the choir? I got a couple of questions. I'm going to move on because this is just a hard one to land. And I already hit the first one. The world, it's, it's hard to get it out there. But in here, there's lots of it. Here's a couple other questions. Do you only want to be involved in what you are in charge of in the church? If you're not going to be holding a position in that or doing something that you think is important, do you think it's not necessary? Got a couple more. If it's not done your way, will you stop doing it? If the help is not exactly of the church the way you want it, will you stop going to that church? What is the reason you're coming here? Oh, let's just face it. I know this is extreme situation here, but let's just play it for a moment. Paul and Barnabas could have stopped right there and lived the rest of their life like kings in Lystra. Right? Off of one miracle. Off of one miracle. They could have lived the rest of their life like kings, being worshipped, adored, everything that they would have ever needed. But they said, no, we don't need praise. He needs praise. When you come into this place, are you seeking your praise or his praise? Which one are you seeking? This is a trial and a growth that the Christian has to walk through. They have to go through that. And, and, they, and sometimes it means beating down our ego for us to understand that. And nobody likes that. They walk out of the door immediately. They didn't treat me right at that other church. Oh, really? Okay. You ever notice that when people leave churches, they don't tell you about how poor they were at attending that church, do they? They don't tell you how they didn't really get involved or never did anything. No, it's they didn't meet my needs. I wasn't being fed. Oh, you weren't being fed? Maybe come more often, you'll get fed. It's going to put them out there, right? It's going to tee them up while they're getting lined up. No, they don't talk about how they failed the church. They just talk about how the church failed then. Well, I just want to remind you, we're here to praise him, not to praise you. We're not here to praise me either. We're not here to praise the choir and how awesome they are. We're here to praise the King of kings and Lord of lords. We got to get over that real quick. And that's a tough one. It's a trial and it's real. And we battle it, don't we? We all battle self. It's huge. It's huge. Number three, are you ready to keep going? All right. This one's a little easier, okay? 
Number three, it calls for death to self. I think it's absolutely amazing in this passage of Scripture that they drag Paul out there and they stone him. And everybody thought he was dead. I'm going to be honest, I'm not so sure he wasn't dead. <laughs> I don't know. The Bible doesn't say he was dead, so let's not go and say things that it doesn't say. But everybody thought he was dead. And I want to make the point here that living the Christian life means dying to self. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that we will take up our cross daily. Paul said that I die daily. That that means that there is going to be every day a part of yourself, a part of that ego, a part of that part of who you are that he's going to ask you to sacrifice every single day. That's how many of those things are problems in your life. Are you getting that? That's how much baggage you're bringing to the table when it comes to walking through Jesus Christ. That even if somehow you manage to do it every day, you'd still have something for tomorrow. But I know what happens with me is a lot of times I didn't crucify yesterday's stuff, so I got to deal with yesterday's stuff today already. And I'm still sitting on that one learning that lesson. But even if for some reason I could do it every day, there'd still be enough of my mess to crucify every day until the Lord either called me home or he came to get me. That's how much stuff we've got. And we have got to be ready and willing to literally kill those things every day. To kill those things. And yet we keep hanging on. And how does he do that? Through tribulation. Through much tribulation. You're going to enter the kingdom. It's not going to come because you had epiphanies of rainbows. It's not going to come because you're going to sit down one day and lightning is going to strike your mind and you're going to have everything figured out. Through much tribulation, you're going to enter the kingdom. How are you going to get rid of the, the, the problems in your life? He's going to burn them out through fire. That's how he's going to do it. And it's going to hurt, and you're going to want to avoid it at all costs. But he's doing something great. Now, I love the way he ends this chapter. The wonderful thing about it is as he ends this chapter and he talks about all of these things that, that they were going through and that he's interposing on you that you're going to go through too, he also closes it out with these things right here. That guess what? You're not going to do it alone. He says there in verse 23, and when they had ordained them elders in every church, you're going to have people that are going to walk through it. A good church is going to have folks that are going to walk through it with you. Elders, those that have been through it, those who have seen it, those who have faced those things, they're going to be there with you. They're going to help you through those things. The other thing that he said is he's going to give you tools as well. And he says it right there. Excuse me, I'm going ahead. I got to look at, I didn't write these ones down, but I got to remember. Oh, there, verse 23 as well. When they had ordained elders in every church and had prayed and with fasting. He's giving you tools like prayer and fasting to help you go through those trials. Are we good? Are we good at using those tools? 
Those are the things that he's given us to face those trials and to go through those. And then he's given us, and I already said it, he's given us continuing spiritual fathers and mentors. Isn't it wonderful to see that Paul goes back through, visits the places where he's been? It's good to have a spiritual father or mother in the faith, is it not? Who can help us and guide us as we go through. What trial, what tribulation, what test is facing you that you should grow through it? Oh, would you go ahead and walk through that thing? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Daryl's going to come and Katie and I think Andrea too. They're going to sing a song that I asked them to sing. I sang it. I want them to sing it for a reason. The words at the beginning start out when I first started walking with the Lord. I did not really know what it meant to trust Him. But oh, how He longed that I would. And the, then the song says, then through the valley He led me so that I could learn to trust Him. God wants you to trust Him. That's why the valley tribulation is there. Christian, are you growing? Are there valleys and trials in front of you? Are you avoiding them? It's tough. But will you surrender to the valley? Will you surrender to the challenge? Will you say, Lord, make me like that other son. If I'm better broken, be broken for you. If this is my burden that I gotta carry to identify with Christ, Lord, I'll carry it. I want to grow. I want to be closer to you. That's what he's doing. He's drawing you to his side. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would use the message and the song this morning to speak to someone. Lord, first off, maybe there's someone here. They say, Lord, I, I'm not growing. I don't, I'm not sure I know you. I'm not sure I've even understand where they're going this morning. Lord, you, they can put their faith and trust in Christ today. Start a relationship with him and start something new. Dear Lord, we got folks that would love to share that. But maybe this morning there's somebody and they've been avoiding their valley. They've been avoiding that tribulation or trial. Dear God, help us to see that this is where the growth comes. This is where you do your work. Dear God, maybe it means putting down ego. Maybe, dear God, it means standing up for the gospel. Maybe, dear God, it's sacrificing self. Dear God, help us to be obedient this morning and learn how to trust you. In Christ's wonderful name we pray as we stand and as they sing. If you need to come this morning, please come.
enough for me. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon the cross my sin upon his shoulder. 